Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Because we're separated from God, we need to be brought back to God. Jesus is the one who comes to do that. We have violated God's laws. Jesus lived God's law, and then he paid the price of redemption for those who had broken it. So now we're able to come back and be reunited with God in the very thing that God intended when he created us. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 13, in a message titled, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Now, one other quick thing. Moses and Elijah along with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and every other person that has died in faith, guess what? They're all alive. You see, when somebody leaves this world, and and of course we use the term death, and for us that means dead, they're gone. Well, they are gone from here, but they're not gone. They haven't gone out of existence. They continue to live. And Jesus made this clear with the Pharisees you, you remember, or, or it was the Sadducees actually, who denied the resurrection. And Jesus pointed out to them that God was called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jesus said, he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living, for all live to him. And so, you know, for anyone here who maybe you've had a loved one that has moved on, know this, they're very much alive. They're alive and well. They're just in a different location. And just like the Lord brought Moses and Elijah at his pleasure to come and be there at that moment, so ultimately God's going to bring all of those back as Jesus comes and and sets up the kingdom. They're all going to be part of that. But this word, this is where we want to focus today. Jesus Again, this is my beloved son. Listen to him, is what God said. Jesus is God's final word. And the author of the letter to the Hebrews made that clear. The author said this in the very first verse. He said, God, who in various times and different ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So in the past, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Now his final word is through his son. Jesus is the message. He's the message, both his person and his work. That's the message that we have to bring to the world. And listen, as Christians today, we need to remember that that is our message We're living in a time where everything is so convoluted. Everything is so confused. And if our message is convoluted or confused, then we're not going to help anybody. If we take our message, which is essentially Jesus, who he is and what he did, and that's what the whole New Testament is about. If we take that and we start mixing that with other things, be it 
politics or philosophy of whatever sort, if we start to mix it, it becomes diluted. And it will lose its effect to some degree. We have to keep the message clear. The message is about Jesus. And as we bring that message to people, and as we keep it pure from all of the other things that can get in and and kind of taint it, we will be more likely to impact their lives for the kingdom than we would if we we get it all mixed mixed up with other things. There's a ton of confusion in the culture today, even about what a Christian is. Who, who are the real Christians? And, and what do Christians really believe? And, and a lot of people in the country think that, well, Christians believe about this politically, and then they make the connection. Well, Christians believe this politically, then that means Jesus is part of this, and I hate that, so I don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. That's our fault. We have to stop doing that. We have to disconnect Jesus from those kinds of things, and we have to just present him, his person, his work, Jesus, who is he? He is, he's God the Son. John Henry was telling me this morning about a wedding that he did yesterday. He did a wedding, a few hundred people there, and the couple that he married were not believers. He met, I think, the, the father of either the bride or the groom, and they became friends, so he asked if John would do the wedding. So anyway, John did the wedding, and afterwards they were sitting at a table, and he told me that he was introduced to a woman who was a formerly a Muslim, and now she happens to be a Hindu. And she made a comment about kind of the idea that, well, you know, all of the religions teach the same thing. And whether it was Muhammad or whether it was Buddha or whatever, you know, they're all basically the same. And John said that, he said it was like the spirit just came upon him. He said, well, no, no, that's not really the way it is. And, And let me tell you, and he goes on to you know, share with them about the claims of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that Jesus is not just a man, but he is the God who became a man. And that's the message, the person of Jesus. Who is Jesus? You see, because of who Jesus is, he's in a category all by himself. So we we don't want to dilute him. We don't want to mix him with some other message. We want to make it clear to people who he really is. Because when a person understands that no, Jesus is actually God, the creator who became a person in order to redeem us, wow, that clears a lot of things up right there. But it wasn't just his person, but also his work. What did he, what did he come to do? What did Jesus do that Buddha didn't do or that Muhammad couldn't do or that, you know, any of the Hindu deities could have never even imagined doing? Well, Jesus gave his holy, righteous, pure life as a sin offering in exchange for us sinners. And then he rose from the dead to show that his sacrifice was accepted and he conquered death. So you see, this is the message. And God said, you have the law, you have the prophets, now you have my son. And, and of course, the law and the prophets support the case for the son. But the message is Jesus. Now, when we were in Peru, we flew from Lima to Cajamarca. That is a, 
It's like an hour flight up into the Andes. And one of the interesting things about this particular flight is at any given time, because the weather is really precarious up there, at any given time, your flight could be canceled or your plane isn't able to land so you can't get off of it. So we were pulling up to the airport to leave after we'd been there about 24 hours after the dedication of the school and all that. And we were pulling up to catch our flight. And as we're coming around the corner toward the airport, we see a plane flying low and flying right past the runway. And John Bonner says to us, that is not a good sign. And he said, because that kind of means that your, your flight probably is canceled. And so we get into the airport and we say, oh, it's a flight canceled. They say, well, they're going to go around one more time and see if they can land. But because of the weather, if the weather's bad, they just won't land the plane because it's too dangerous. So anyway, they uh, said, sorry, can't land the plane. So basically, everybody that was on the plane that was coming to Cajamarca, they're not coming to Cajamarca. They're going back to Lima. And everybody that's in the airport waiting to fly to Lima is not flying to Lima. We're stuck in Cajamarca. So that's what happened. Now, a little bit of a glitch was the next morning we had to be in Lima at such and such a time to catch our flight to Santiago, to catch our next flight to Mendoza, and we missed everything. And you know, sometimes that gets really annoying when those kinds of things happen, right? Have you ever had those kind of things that your plans get all messed up and it's like, no, this is not what we planned. Uh, but for whatever reason, none of us were bothered by it. We just thought, well, it's cool. We'll spend some more time with John and Pilar and we'll, you know, we'll get a flight the next day and it won't be a problem. And, and it wasn't, it was, it was great. But you know, we got on the flight the next morning and John Chubik, who John's our missions pastor, you know, and John's always saying, you know, I think the Lord has some reason for this delay. So sure enough, we get on the flight and we sit down and, and I sit next to this man who's Chinese who begins to speak to me in fluent Spanish, which is a problem because I don't speak Spanish. But then he immediately recognized I didn't speak Spanish and he started speaking to me in perfect English. So it was all very good. And he was just this wonderful, wonderful guy. Got to know him on the flight. He's a doctor, he's a medical doctor. So he flies up, he's lived in Lima 20 years. He flies up from Lima to Cajamarca to, he has some patients up there. And so that's why he was there. And we got in this conversation. One of the first things he told me was that he had read the Bible. So I just noted that, okay, he'd read the Bible. And then, you know, we began to talk a little bit more. And as we're talking, he reaches down and he grabs his backpack and he pulls a book out. And he says, I wrote this book. And the book is about, uh, I think it's uh, The World Through Chinese Eyes is, I think, what the title of the book is. And he self-published it. And he told me, you know, uh, he's a doctor, so it has some things to do with your health. And he's like a philosopher, so he's kind of telling you how to think about life. And he's got a uh, kind of a section on politics. So it's a four, four sort of parts to the book, you know. So he's telling me all about it. He's so happy to give it to me. And I said, well, that is fantastic. I have a book too, just so happens. <laughs> When I travel, I take a few of my books with me to use, you know, to hand out. And I have a book that I wrote on the uniqueness of Jesus. So I said, well, I've got a book. And so we exchanged the books and we wrote a little bit in each one of our books. And, and then he wanted to know if, if I'm on WhatsApp. And yeah, I'm on WhatsApp. So we're on WhatsApp now with friends together. And, um, but, you know, I said to him, all of this lead in to get to the point here. I said to him, I said, you know, so you said you read the Bible. 
And I said, well, what did you, what did you think when you read it? And, you know, he didn't really, he wasn't able to really formulate any, you know, crystal clear, coherent thing that he took away from the Bible. So I said, well, you know, let me just kind of, let me just give you a synopsis of, let me just tell you what the Bible teaches. And I said, this is, this is the essence of the Bible. This is what it's about. Number one, we human beings were created by God. We were created by God to know God and to live in fellowship with him. But something happened. Our first parents, they revolted against God and that resulted in a separation from God. And so all of us come into the world and we live in this state of being separated now from God. And, and so the very thing that we were created for, which is a relationship with God, we're not experiencing that or living it. And, and therefore that is creating all kinds of problems for us personally, and it, it overflows from us and creates problems beyond us as well. And I said, but here's what happened. And, and I said to him specifically, I said, now this is where Jesus comes into the picture because we're separated from God. We need to be brought back to God. Jesus is the one who comes to do that. And he does that through redemption. He redeems us we have violated God's laws. Jesus lived God's law. And then he paid the price of redemption for those who had broken it. And that leads then to reconciliation. So now we're able to come back and be reunited with God in the very thing that God intended when he created us. And, you know, it was just one of those moments where I could just sense like, that truth. He was really listening. He was really weighing that out. And so we talked a little more Then we got onto some other topic. And then, and then again, we kind of came back around and he began to talk about death. He told me that his mother had died a few years ago and he was very close to her and how that hurt him. And, and, and at one point he was saying, we were looking out the window as we're flying over the Andes and we, we ended up talking about plane crashes, which you always do, you know, when you're flying over places like that. And he's like, but you know, I'm not afraid to die. And I tell my people all the time, you shouldn't be afraid to die. And I said, well, you know, of course, you know, we, that's easy to say when you're not dying, but you know, when, when you might be suddenly dying, maybe it's a little bit of a different story. But my point was, but Jesus that's why he came. He came to conquer death. And thus, yes, take away the fear of death. And so anyway, you know, this man grew up in communism. This man, very educated, so had all kinds of philosophical knowledge about a bunch of different things. And I could have got off on talking about I, I don't know, like I'm not like any kind of an expert in philosophy or anything like that by any stretch, but you know, I could have talked about those kinds of things, but it was, no, I got to make a beeline for Jesus because that's where the truth is and that's where the power is. And, and that's what God said. In the time past, he spoke to the fathers by the prophets. In these days, he's spoken to us by his son. And that's the message that we have for the world. The message we have for the world is Jesus. And so let's remember that. And let's get to know Jesus better. Because the more you know him, and the more you know his words and what he said. And listen, I'm not saying just only read the Gospels all the time. The whole Bible is about Jesus. 
And of course, it's obvious that the New Testament is about Jesus because it starts with the Gospels and that's all about the life and ministry of Jesus. But then the book of Acts is about the spreading of the gospel of Jesus and the the letters that are written, we call them epistles sometimes, those are all about what Jesus did. It's given us the understanding and the application of the work of Jesus. So the gospels give us the person of Jesus and the rest of the New Testament gives us the work of Jesus. And the more we know that, and the more we're able to just in conversation express that and communicate that to people, that's powerful. And, and that's, God uses that. And one last thing, I was reminded this week of how, you know, here's my point. Never underestimate the power of the word of God. Never underestimate it. And if we can, and I, I've shared this recently before too, you know, if we just point people to Jesus, point them to what the scriptures say. So this week I read an article that was written about, uh, it was an interview with a woman who is a professor at MIT. Currently, she's a professor at MIT. And it's her story. And so she's telling her story about coming to faith and she's talking about how when she was young, she was a mentally gifted child. And, you know, early on she thought, Christianity is for dummies, so I don't really want to have anything to do with that. She felt like she was way too smart for God and just had no interest. But her doctor and his wife, they took an interest in her, so they invited her to church when she was young. And she went to church and she thought it was cute and all, but you know, it really wasn't for her. But her doctor was so nice, he kept asking her to come back. And she said, you know, she kept turning him down like she had a stomach ache one week and then a sore throat the next week. And she said, after, well, it got kind of hard to really convince my doctor that I was having all these uh, ailments. Uh, but finally, the doctor recognized that she wasn't really into church. So he said this to her. He said, why don't you just read the Bible and see what you think? So she thought, okay, I don't have to go to church. I can read the Bible. And so she started to read Proverbs of all places. And she said as she started to read it, the first thing, she was absolutely shocked because it was nothing like she thought. She thought it was going to be all this hocus pocus stuff, abracadabra, you know, weird magic. She said it was so common sense and, and intelligent and so like, yeah, this is right. These, these things are right. So that, that really impressed her. So then she thought, well, maybe I should just read the whole Bible. So she did. So she read the whole Bible. And as she read through the whole Bible, she got these feelings. She talked about this feeling that even though she still didn't really want God, she just got this feeling of love. So she got through the Bible, she had those feelings, then she kind of put everything aside and carried on with her life and her career and all that. And then she had this thought. She thought, you know, I'm going to read the Bible again because maybe my first time through when I had those feelings, maybe that's just what happens when you read it the first time. Maybe you're not being objective enough. So I'm going to go back and read it again and, and I probably won't have that. So she reads it again and yes, she does have it again. So then she gets an invitation to come to church. And here's my point. She's sitting in church and the pastor just quotes these words from Jesus. You are either for me or you are against me. You either gather with me or you scatter. And the one who is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous generation, I will be ashamed of them. 
when I return in glory. And she said, man, that just, that just hit her like a lightning bolt. And she, she just knew that she, even though she still was like, I don't, I don't want to be a Christian, but she just knew that this is true. So she opened her heart. She received Christ. And that the whole article was about the MIT professor who is a believer. And she told her story there. But the reason I told you the story is because, again, the thing that stood out to me in all of that was the power of God's word. And that takes us back to what God said. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Hear him. Now, most of us have done that. Maybe all of us have done that. Let's keep doing that. But that's, that's what we offer to other people. See, that, that's what we're to do. Just, hey, tell them about Jesus. Just look, look for an opportunity. A lady came up to me after the first service. I said similar things. She said, you know, I, I just feel I live in this place. People are older than me. I feel awkward. It always seems weird. I'm, I'm afraid to kind of start the conversation. What do I do? I said, well, listen, do this, pray and ask God to just give you an opening. Just give you an opening. You know, sometimes it's like a door, the door just cracks open and you stick your foot in there and eventually the door is going to open entirely. And, and so we go out with this desire to tell people about Jesus, but some people are naturally, that, that's not a problem for them. It's very easy for them to talk to people. It's very easy for them to even be sometimes a little pushy and aggressive. And, and God uses that. But for others, it's, that's so intimidating. How, do, how does a, a person with a different personality, how, do, how does that person go about it? Well, remember, the Holy Spirit will give us the, the empowering that we need. But ask God for an open door. And ask him to help you when the door is even just slightly cracked open. Ask him to help you to, to push your way through it. And just get the, the, the message of Jesus out there. Jesus is God's son. He's the savior of the world. And he died and rose again for us. And, and as sometimes we might even feel like, gosh, this is just so simple. And this is, how's anybody going to be moved by this? Listen, these are the words of God. And they carry within themselves the power of God. So, you know, the farmer who goes out scattering seed, he's got a seed in his hand or a bunch of seeds. You know, most farmers throughout history, they don't know what, they don't know all of the details about the seed they don't know how it does what it does. They just know this. If you throw it out there and it lands in the right place and it gets the right water and everything, it grows. And so sometimes we're trying to figure it out. Well, how is this going to do anything? God knows. So let's just get it out there. This is what God said. He said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. And we who have heard him... That's the message we have to bring to others. Jesus is God's son. Listen to him. He has the answers. He has the answers for life, and he has the answer for what happens.
of August, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Embodied, Transgender Identities, the Church and What the Bible Has to Say by Preston Sprinkle. In today's culture, both Christians and non-Christians experience incongruence with their gender, but the church has generally avoided this culturally sensitive topic. So how can we address this issue from a biblical perspective and love the transgender community more widely, both inside and outside the church? And how can we love them in compassionate and practical ways? Well, in his book, Embodied, Preston adds his voice to the conversation with sound biblical research that is expressed with pastoral sensitivity, compassion, grace, and love. To understand transgender identities from a biblical, psychological, and scientific perspective, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order Embodied, Transgender Identities, The Church, and What the Bible Has to Say by Preston Sprinkle. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.